1: What's going on, Broncos country? It's Tuesday, October 8th, and you're listening to another edition of the Orange Weekly Postgame Podcast with Tanner Lee and Jeff Ryan. Oh, Jeff, it is good to be talking to Broncos country about a Broncos win. A little, We had to wait a little longer than we wanted to, but it was uh, pretty sweet this Sunday, wasn't it?
0: Yes, sir, Tanner. Nothing like beating uh, one of your arch rivals in the uh, Los Angeles Uh Chargers and create you know, uh Crimea Rivers, Phil Rivers. Always a good way to to celebrate a Sunday afternoon and pick up our first win. Um you know, we've had four bad weeks of talking bad Broncos football and it's nice to talk about some good some good stuff today for sure.
1: It sure is and it's still getting it's still tough to say Los Angeles Chargers instead of San Diego. San Diego just wants to roll off the ton, but um Oh, it's always great when we can beat Phyllis Rivers, and, uh, you know, we're the team that's really given him struggles um, throughout his career, it seems like, Um, and I thought we'll get more into this, but I thought we, you know, of course we forced some takeaways from him, and it's amazing. What happens when your defense can force some takeaways? But not only that, can force some pressure on the quarterback to get those takeaways. Um, but right, right before we get into uh, recapping the game, I just you, you've been a Bronco fan longer than I have, so I want your thoughts. What what are your thoughts on the Chargers Broncos rivalry?
0: Um, I think it's kind of up and down. I think it's. Um, I don't have the numbers to say who has the majority of the wins. I can look series. that up.
1: I will look that up.
0: Um, but while you're looking that up, I'll say this. It's, um, I know that it's actually, I would guess that it's actually pretty even. However, it has not felt like the same intense rivalry that we have, you know, with the, the Raiders and the Chiefs, of course. Um, really, it's always been Raiders, in my mind, number one. As the the longtime rival, um, but currently, you know, and I talk about this all the time. Currently, it feels like the Chiefs are a bigger rival, um, especially with their success. And, I, and that's kind of how sports go. You know, you you always want to hate the team that um, is having the success uh, because it's just not fun watching them beat you time after time. And the Chiefs have surely done that to us. Um, but the the Chargers rivalry has been fun. I I do have to say that I. I wish they were still in San Diego. Um, there was something really fun about going there. I was fortunate to go there one time for a Monday Night Football game back when we had good old uh, Kyle Orton.
1: That was 2009. Uh, yeah, I remember that yep, game well.
0: You are now a Broncos fan. So.
1: Uh, I bet that is the only time that's ever been said on a, on a Broncos podcast, and probably the last. But that's okay.
0: <laughs> Sorry, not a not a bad thing. Yeah. I think it's a very uh, a very admirable thing to say. No one can. Fu- no one can. Uh, say you're not a true Broncos fan after hearing that. That's so. true,
1: and and I remember that game. What I remember about that game was not only was it, I think, the first Monday night game I'd ever watched as a Bronco fan, the Broncos were wearing those throwback 1960 uniforms, and Eddie Royal had a heck of a game, if I remember correctly.
0: He did. He had a punt return for a touchdown, and I think one or two receiving touchdowns. I'd have to go back and look, but it, it was a good game. We played... We played pretty well from start to finish. Um, I hated those uniforms.
1: <laughs> those were um, ugly. My God.
0: Really making, yeah, they, God, they were awful. Um, but the point I was really making is just that, uh, you know, I miss them being in San Diego. There there was something fun about going to Southern California. And, again, like L.A., just, I don't know, it's just not – there's so many other things going on. If anything, it's a Rams town. It's not – it's by no means a Charter's town. They couldn't even sell out a – 27,000-seat soccer stadium, and half of it is orange. And that's the case for every away team is that half of it is the away team's fans. So, I don't know. I the, the biggest rivalry out of it comes from uh, probably Philip Rivers and Jay Cutler back in the day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say no. you're correct. Um, i got some statistics on rivalry. Uh, total meetings between the two, 120. The Broncos lead the series pretty comfortably, 67-52-1. Uh,
0: Wow. I wouldn't have actually guessed that it would have been that wide of a margin. I mean, it's, it's felt like we've won a little bit more than lost against them, but that's that surprised me a little bit.
1: And um, a few other stats out here. Uh, I was really surprised there's only been one tie in the 120 meetings between the two teams. Postseason results, the Broncos are 1-0. and We both remember that game January 12, 2014 in the divisional round of the playoffs when the Broncos beat the Chargers 24-17. The largest Broncos victory in a series came in 1997 in a 38 to 3 win. And the largest Chargers victory, there's actually it shows two of them here, two different 38 point victories. One was 58 to 20 in 1963, and you might remember this one, I don't. This one was 41 to 3 in 2007.
0: Oh God, you know, <laughs> I was going to, I was going to say, I'm glad we weren't born for both of those until you said I might remember this one. I definitely, obviously the sixties, I don't have a clue about, um, the one in 2007, I'm trying to think we would have had. Yeah. It was that, I, 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 believe, um, that was when LT was kind of in his prime, oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. for San Diego and, uh, Phillip Rivers uh, was young in the league and playing really well. And we had Cutler, um, an uh, inexperienced color at that point. Um, I even want to say that might have been like a Sunday night football game that we just obviously got blown out of the water, but Ugh. my God, that's bad.
1: <laughs> it's not good, that's for sure. I'm glad I don't
0: remember it well. So yeah,
1: yeah, just put those, put those uh, bad yeah. memories behind you and don't yeah. think about them. Yeah, so.
0: they're repressed.
1: Yeah, good. Um, but let's get into Sunday's game, which saw the Broncos get their first victory, saw Vic Fangio get his first victory as NFL head coach. The Broncos now improved their record to 1-4. The Chargers fell to 2-3. and The final score of the game ended up being 20-13. to I thought one of the storylines was uh, for the second week in a row, the Broncos came out hot in the first quarter and got a 14-0 to lead. It's interesting to look at this 2019 Broncos team compared to the Broncos teams of the last few years. I would argue that this Broncos team comes out of the gates a lot hot- hotter than those other teams but mm-hmm. they can't finish as the last few years would dig themselves in such a hole then they couldn't even get back into the game, let alone get the lead.
0: No, I agree. It's spot on right there. You know, the the deficiencies um, really, especially in the second half, are confusing. Um, I don't even know if it's just conservative play calling or if it's a, a lack of creativity or, or a lack of um, – uh, of toughness at the end of the game but yeah the the offense just looks completely boring again in the second half of games and and when you build a lead you know like 17 to 3 against Jacksonville and and 17 nothing against the Chargers you'd like to finish that game a little more comfortably than we did and obviously not lose at all like we did in Jacksonville
1: Yeah and you got you got to wonder how much of that uh, is because of the scripting it seems like when mm-hmm. the Broncos come out hot, it's you know off-scripted plays that they've practiced all week. Um, it's hard telling, but uh, that was a beautiful first drive by the Broncos, and it featured uh, Philip Lindsay pretty heavy on the first drive. Philip had a good game: 15 carries, 114 yards, and a touchdown, and he also had four receptions for 33 yards. So it was nice to see Philip kind of have a coming-out party for 2019.
0: No doubt. It's always nice to see the Broncos run game get going. And that that's the case with a lot of teams. If you can establish a dominant run game, you're probably going to have uh, quite a bit of success. And especially uh, with an offense that isn't super creative. I, I will say, like we talked about last week, I do think the play calling this year um, gives uh, Skying some credit and, and Vic for trying to be a little more aggressive and creative at, at times. I think that has been noticeable. Um, but still, we're, we're an offense run by Joe Flacco that's not a, a flashy guy by any means. Although he has passed the football well, the run game is really what makes this offense go.
1: Yeah, and, and, and you know what jumps out to me while I'm looking at the stats right now is, and I think this is the perfect formula for success for the Broncos, Flacco is 14 for 20, 182 yards, one touchdown, one interception. So he only attempted 20 passes in the Broncos uh, between – Uh, Flacco had three carries and and Spencer had one, but between your two horses of Lindsey and Freeman, they combined for 28 carries. I think if you can limit Flacco from 20 to 25 attempts and get uh, Lindsey and Freeman, I I would like to see Lindsey's touches up more towards 20 and Freeman's at least 15, but get those guys, uh, you know, combined 35 touches a game. uh, I think that's a formula for success right there.
0: I agree, and the league knows that, you know, the running back position – is easily decimated by injury. And so the fact that we kind of have a two headed monster there is really nice and that they're very unselfish, um, when they do get their opportunity of them, I think pretty equally, uh, Phil seems to have a little bit of a, uh, more of a boost or more of a, a game changing look to him. Um, whereas Royce is kind of a steady, you know, you know what you're getting every run with him. He seems pretty consistent three or four yards on each carry, which is awesome to have, um, as Phil, you never know when he's going to break a long one, but I, I I agree. I think if you know we saw it on Sunday, if those guys get going, it, it you know usually leads to good things.
1: Then you look at the receiving numbers, and like I already mentioned, Flacco only attempted 20 passes, so the ball didn't get spread around a ton. But Cortland Sutton, man, came out with another good game: four catches for 92 yards and a touchdown.
0: Yeah, he's establishing himself as the clear number one wide right receiver right now for this team, which is huge.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's it's showing that that second-round pick for him is paying off because he's showing he can be the number one guy not only for the rest of this year, even though I still think he'll be number two for the rest of this year, but for, this, uh, future, next, uh, for the foreseeable future after the season, he can be the number one. Uh, Lindsey, like I said, at four catches for 33 yards. Then the uh, then Freeman had two catches for six yards. And then everybody else only had one catch. He had Hireman one catch for 26 yards. That came on the first drive of the game. Uh, You had, uh, let's see here, Um, Andrew Beck had one catch for 10 yards. Um, Emmanuel Sanders only one catch for nine yards, and Noah Fant only one catch for six yards.
0: I do wish we could really get Fant more involved. They keep talking about um, how he's growing and each week getting better and he's young and blah, blah, blah. Involve him then. You know, get him get him in more uh, passing routes. I, I don't know if that's just not the case, or if Flacco's not targeting him. It seems like, you know, like a lot of quarterbacks that we've had, Aiton, the progression of what the quarterback is reading is very limited. <laughs> so, for all I know, he is um, open or at least running a lot more passing routes than I'm even aware of. But I'd love to see him get more involved. You see the NFL right now. Uh, as a game where if you can get the tight end involves Zach Ertz, Travis, Kelsey, obviously Gronk, before he retired, all these guys are game changers.
1: And I believe Vic Fangio came out this week and said this. Maybe, or if not him, somebody else said it, that they think cornerstone of the franchise going forward. Well, if he's going to be your cornerstone, I, you got to give him the ball more than one time.
0: Exactly. I want to believe that, but one catch isn't going to do it. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Um, who gets your game ball or game balls on offense?
0: I think um, Philip Lindsey for sure, rushing over 100 yards, uh, of course, had the touchdown, um, and again, Sutton with a really nice play to open the game. Um, both those guys are well-deserved, and I, I'm going to give a game ball to Dalton Reisner. I see that guy making more blocks that go unnoticed than, uh, you know, just because he's on the line. That's how most linemen get treated. Um, but he and the rest of that line I thought played really well, so I'll give a game ball. Oh, we'll just give it to the whole line. How about
1: that? Yeah, I actually was going to give it to a particular lineman that I think all of Broncos country has been hard on. But really, <laughs> since week two, he's played pretty well. And actually, yeah. in the past three weeks, he's the number four rated passing block, pass blocking offensive tackle in the league, according to Pro Football Focus, and that's Garrett wow. Bowles.
0: <laughs> I did not know that.
1: You know, ever since Elway came out after that, Disaster of a performance against the Bears when he had five or six holds, and said, "I don't even know if he knows what a hold is, and if not, we need to teach him what it is." That kind of seemed to light a fire under the young man, and uh, I, I, you know, kudos to kudos to him. I don't think we've even really heard his name called on the penalty the last couple of weeks.
0: Oh, that's awesome, and I'm glad you brought that up because it, these guys on the line are, you know, go unnoticed so easily, and I. Myself, obviously, I'm at fault of not recognizing how great he's been because I didn't know those stats and um, given an assists to Mike Munchak, who I'm assuming has done a lot of work on the side yes. um, these last few weeks to get him ready. But all the credit to Garrett Bowles on uh, fixing something that was a glaring issue against a good defense in the Bears. <laughs> well,
1: and here's how, you know, offensive lines is definitely the position I probably know the least about, at least when it comes to the fundamentals in football. But. If I don't hear your your name or your number being called out of the ref's mouth, then I think you're doing pretty good. That's
0: Um, a great way to look at it. And
1: really, lately, it's been Elijah Wilkinson a little bit or uh, Ron Leary here and there. But, you know, Connor McGovern doesn't really get called for much, even though center, it's kind of hard two and then uh, Reisner very few times I think he got called for a legal man downfield on a screen the other day that was slow to develop and then um, yeah. Garrett Bowles but you know Jawan James has been practicing a little bit on the side so hopefully he uh, gets back into the ro- in the, into the rotation here in the next few weeks um
0: oh and if he doesn't I'll say that I mean I know he's getting paid a lot of money to be the guy but Elijah Wilkinson I think is done just fine so I mean if if James is struggling um don't be surprised if Wilkinson just finds a way to win that job over the course of the year.
1: Yeah, and, and this line, um, the improvement of this line going forward is going to be key to if it will be telling uh, for this team to, you know, be, uh, what am I trying to say? I'm losing my thoughts. Uh, it will be very telling, the improvement of this offensive line will equal to a good season I think for the Broncos I mean if the Broncos want yes. to be the team they think they can be the offensive line's going to have to produce so
0: yes no doubt
1: yeah I'm, I'm having uh you know mush mouth over here I can't can't get my thoughts out correctly
0: no. No. well we get a, we get our first win in week five and you know Broncos got, we don't even know how to react no to I, I don't exactly I don't I'm just
1: blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm like so excited huh. I can't spit them out so <laughs>
0: um, what, one more note on the offense mm-hmm. that I wanted to make uh, Joe Flacco. Um, like you said, pretty efficient with the football. Um, he did have another untimely
1: pick. That, uh, I thought that was really going to flip the momentum. I did too. Even I though thought, it wasn't oh God, his fault, the ball was again. tipped. The ball was tipped was. at the line, but <laughs> ball yeah. was
0: tipped. But, but still, I thought, oh, okay, here we go.
1: I know <laughs> it. I'm I know it.
0: Glad it didn't. Glad it didn't bite us.
1: And it was nice uh, to see him connect on a long touchdown to Cortland Sutton. Um, yeah. finally throwing a deep ball and connecting and um, turning into a big play that was nice. So yeah, um, let's talk about the defense. I thought the defense played really well, led by Kareem Jackson. It was great to have him back there again in the defensive backfield after he missed the Jacksonville game. He led the team with eight tackles. He also had a huge forced fumble. Yes, huge, right before half.
0: Yeah, no, that was a huge play. I. Originally, when the play was developing, um, I was thinking, oh, man, this is awesome. Like, you know, there's no way that he's getting in. And then all of a sudden, he Eckler kind of turns the corner. I'm thinking, holy cow, he somehow found himself a lane to get in the end zone. And Kareem just cut it down perfectly and forced that ball out and through the end zone for a touchback. It was big, big uh, momentum shifter there going into half.
1: Yeah, he laid the lumber on him about as hard as you can in the NFL without getting called for a penalty. So yeah. uh, that was a great hit. And then I, I really want to talk about this guy getting his first career start, at least first career start that I'm aware of, A.J. Johnson. I thought he stepped well, up huge for the Broncos. He had six tackles and an interception right after um, – was that right after Flacco threw the interception?
0: Uh, it was because the the – yeah, it was. The, the Chargers were in our yeah. – cut it to 17-7.
1: And, uh, yeah. I hate to say it, but I had to look up who number 45 was. I know. I didn't even know who I he was. Heard. I had heard of him, but I didn't know he wore 45. Um, yeah. And then he he dropped another pick later in the game that could have uh, sealed the game a little earlier for the Broncos when the Chargers were yep. trying to drive there at the very end. Yep. um but, yep. uh, I like what I saw out of him. It'll be interesting to see if he can keep it up in the absence of uh, Josie Jewell there.
0: Yeah, no, and I, and I, you know, Jewel has had the stats to back up um, being a starter, and I'm not saying I don't want him to be the starter, but there has been times where I've felt like, I, I don't know, I feel like something is missing from him, whether it's, you know, coverage or, or being able to do enough of the, the big things well i don't know i i don't know i'm not the right person to be analyzing that but i i feel like i've seen multiple games when he was in where there were little not necessarily mistakes but just plays that other linebackers could have forced something that jewel hasn't i don't know
1: i agree i think um you know i'm not probably the right person to speak on the x's and o's either but i do think it's his coverage skills that are lacking um I thought Todd Davis played a good game. He had seven tackles. He usually goes unnoticed a lot of times. Um, let's see, who else? I, I thought quite a few guys played a good game. I mean, a lot of guys played well, good without having a lot of stats.
0: Let's talk about the fact that our best defensive player, other than Von Miller, um, shut down one of the best offensive players in the league in Keenan Allen.
1: Yes, Chris Harris Jr., and he kind of made a comment yeah. after the game. um, uh, Yep. When a uh, Nikki uh, Javala of the Athletic asked him how they were able to shut down Keenan Allen, he said, "Some something, something to, to the extent of, do you realize who you're talking to, or or something like? I I don't think I got that quote right, but uh, you know, that's just Chris no, Harris being yeah. Chris Harris. So
0: yeah, it was along those lines. And the, you know, cornerbacks in the NFL are always a little bit cocky. I mean, well, so are wide deep receivers.
1: Deep. Those two are the cockiest, yeah. probably athletes yep. in sports. NFL yep. wide receivers and cornerbacks." <laughs> mm-hmm. Or even safeties, defensive backs in general. But uh,
0: uh, while we're on it, mm-hmm. uh, really quick, uh, we can talk about this later if you want. If you want to stick with the stats on defense, but I, I just thought talking about wide receivers and corners. You know, we've addressed the fact that Chris Harris and Emmanuel Sanders are probably our most valuable trade assets. I, you know, I don't want to make this analysis of it one week. I think I've, I've thought this now for a little while, and so have you. But if there's one guy. That we would trade, and that, that I think Broncos Country would be okay with trading is is probably Emmanuel. I I don't know how much I love the continued comments about you know how few catches he's making, and it, it's just kind of all about him. And believe me, I I have loved him. He's been one of my favorite offensive players. I think the Broncos have ever had. Um, he's a game changer. He's a game player. He just wants to go out and ball and win games, and I love that. But we're not winning a ton right now with him, and the fact that he has had a couple games where he's not had a lot of production, yet has had a few big games, does tell me that we could get something for him and not necessarily lose a huge part of our offense if Deshaun Hamilton can step in. What do you think?
1: No, that's that's a really good perspective. Um, you know, I don't always like the things he says in the media, and I don't always like the things Chris Harris Jr. says in the media, either. Um, a lot of times he has to come back out later on with a statement and say, no, that was taken out of proportion. Yeah. This is really what I said. But it me crazy, but out of those two, if you ask me who I think has a better chance to be an orange and or blue next year and sign a contract, it would be Chris Harris Jr.
0: Well, and that's kind of what I'm getting at is I think he – I agree with you. I think he's more valuable to the overall team. I, I think if you trade him – your defense is already, the depth is already lacking so much that you're losing such a valuable starter. Whereas the offense, yes, Emmanuel is a big part of the offense when he plays well. But I think we could recover without him better than we could recover without Chris Harris.
1: And uh, it's been re- uh, reported or at least rumored that uh, John Elway has kind of let it be known that everybody's pretty much, not everybody, but pretty much anybody but Vaughn Miller yeah. available, or at least yeah. you can have talks about. So it'll be interesting. It's uh, The next few weeks will tell the tale um, sure whether will. the Broncos are winning or losing. Uh, but great job by the defense, holding Phillip Rivers at 32 of a 48 for 211 yards. No touchdowns. enforcing forced them into two interceptions, one by A.J. Yeah. Johnson and one by Justin Simmons. Those were the first takeaways of the Broncos in 2019. Unbelievable what that can do for your defense, as we finally saw. Really good performance by the rush defense. Um, Held Melvin uh, Gordon to 12 carries for only 31 yards and Austin Eckler to 3 carries for 7 yards. Outstanding effort by them. And like you said, held Keenan Allen to 4 catches for 18 yards. Travis Benjamin only had 1 catch for 13 yards. Actually, their leading guy receiving was Austin Eckler with 15 catches, but only 86 yards on those 15 catches.
0: Wow. The, the, you know, those stats are telling of a good Broncos victory. And I believe this was only the second time that uh, Keenan Allen had had a game of less than 20 receiving yards. Um, and that was also against the Broncos, uh, covered by Chris Harris. Um, I believe, I want to say in 2014, I could be wrong on that. Um, where he also had 18 yards so nice that the broncos hold those stats against him
1: yeah mike uh, williams did have six catches for 74 yards but still not a ton of damage there i mean this charges wide receiver of uh, course pretty dangerous um yeah um, so but I mean, it's just it's-
0: amazing what you do when you force pressure and force turnovers i mean it's it's no wonder that that it's our first win of the season and it's no wonder why we couldn't get wins um against especially Chicago and Jacksonville when if we would have forced some turnovers, I think we win those games. But well,
1: yeah, and I thought the defense did a great job. Uh you know, they had Mike Purcell in there instead of uh Adam Gotsis. I thought he played yep. pretty well. Malika Reed in uh filling in for uh, Bradley Chubb I thought did well. I thought Von Miller was all over the place even though he only had two tackles, no sacks. Thought he was all over the place. I thought Wolf got some pressure from time to time. Justin Hollins did a pretty good job. Uh, Demarcus Walker starting to come on the last two weeks a little bit, which is really nice to see. Um, just everybody's contributing on that defense side of the ball. And uh, kudos to Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel for, for getting those guys going.
0: Yeah, no doubt.
1: Um, any other thoughts on um, Sunday's victory over the Chargers?
0: No, really impressed with the defensive pressure. Again, That's just the, I wanted to reiterate that. Um, I liked what we saw in the first quarter um, and first half overall, but I, I would like this team to figure out, okay, we've gotten a win. How, how do we start stopping on teams uh, when we are up 17 nothing, 17-3? I mean, that's, that's what good teams do is they take advantage of that. You saw that last night um, in the Browns uh, 49ers game. That game could have been a very close game, um, if not for a mistake made by the Browns and the, and the 49ers took advantage of that mistake by Antonio Calloway, where he, uh, kind of tipped the ball up to, to himself, try to tip it up to himself. And instead it landed in the arms of a defender right before halftime. San Francisco de- goes down and scores a touchdown. And all of a sudden, uh, San Francisco finds a way to blow out that game. Those are the kind of things that the Broncos need to learn how to do is to take advantage of mistakes made by the other team, continue to force pressure, um, and the offense they keep doing what they keep doing it's nothing special it's nothing fancy um, but that's the that is the winning recipe for this Broncos team
1: and hopefully this team you know they got a taste of a of victory what's like so this is a new team you know it's a new year new um, coaching staff new culture they're trying to build they just got to learn how to win and hopefully this yep. gets them in the right direction and now you got a Tennessee Titan team rolling in with a record of 2-3, and three, and they're just an up-and-down roller coaster. You never know what Tennessee team you're going to get. Um, but yeah. it's interesting, you look at Marcus Mariota's stats on the season, he has not thrown an interception. I was very surprised to see that.
0: That's hard to believe. I did not know that.
1: He's 87 for 141 for 1,116 yards, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. So hmm. and then well, you compare that to Joe that. <laughs> compare that to Joe Flacco. He's 112 of 168 for 1258 yards, six touchdowns, four interceptions. So
0: yeah, not flashy but uh
1: by like no. getting it done. Well, you want to go around the NFL and pick some uh week 6 games? Yeah, let's do it. And of course, everybody that's uh listening to this will have to go over to the uh, Orange Weekly Pre-game podcast hosted by Jared and Matt to find out who we officially picked in the Broncos-Titans game, because we're not going to reveal that to you. I'm sorry. So, uh, but let's start off. We got a Thursday night game. You got this could get ugly fast. You got the New York Giants at the New England Patriots. The Giants are without Saquon Barkley. I believe they're without Barkley's backup and without Sterling Shepard.
0: Yeah, this has a chance to be ugly, but something tells me that because it's Thursday night football, and because it's the Giants without even though without Eli Manning, because it's the Giants, this game's going to be closer than it probably should be. Um, I still think the the Pats win. Um, I'll say by a touchdown.
1: I think the Patriots smash them. I I, I
0: just I, I don't play. <laughs>
1: I said the other day on, on my own personal sports podcast, I said, unfortunately, and I hate saying this, said, unfortunately, I just don't see anybody other than New England representing the AFC in the Super Bowl because I just think New England's got to get home field advantage. And I believe their defense is that much better than it has been even in previous years.
0: I have one of the best defenses in the league. Um, and then to pair that with Brady and Belichick is hard to beat. It's unfortunate. It's just disgusting, but yep. is
1: what it is. Got another game in London this week. This is a nine thirty kickoff Eastern time on Sundays between the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
0: Uh I don't know why these AFC excuse me, these <laughs> NFC South games just make me yawn but uh, this one's a real snoozer especially in London so I'm gonna go Tampa Bay they're playing decent football coming off a nice um, well they they beat the, the Saints or excuse me Lord they beat the Rams in a game that was just really bizarre um, and then they lose to the Saints on the road but they're still playing good football I like them over the Panthers
1: I'm gonna take the Panthers Christian McCaffrey's making this case to be the best running back in the league um, the dude's just been a stud this year and I like Kyle Allen I like what he's doing there in Carolina, and it'll be interesting when Cam Newton gets healthy to see what happens there.
0: Sure will. I, I think um, you probably go Cam Newton, but they got a tough decision to make.
1: Mm-hmm. Kyle Allen, 60 for 90 on the year for 674 yards, five touchdowns, zero picks, but he's proven himself <laughs> to be a winner so far. So
0: He's not a drama queen.
1: Uh, no, he's not. So um, uh, Cincinnati Bengals at Baltimore Ravens.
0: Give me the Ravens. Cincinnati, I thought Miami was by far the worst team in the league. Cincinnati's getting up there with them.
1: You got Cincinnati, you got Miami, and you got Washington. And, um, yeah, they're all three pretty bad. So, yeah, yeah, give me the Ravens. The defense is going to be way too much for the Bengals. I think Lamar Jackson bounces back after uh, back-to-back performances. So, yeah. Um, and this this could be a good one, or at least a pretty interesting one. You got the four and one Seattle Seahawks at the two and three Cleveland Browns, who did not look good at all last night, and their quarterback Baker Mayfield is just not playing very well.
0: He's up and down, and that's the problem with him. He he shows signs of brilliance, and then other times shows signs of uh, of an ex- inexperienced quarterback trying to do too much. Um, I still, I mean, I I will say I like um. The look of the Browns, obviously, compared to what they've been, that's not saying a whole lot. Um, but I do I, I do think this team, especially once they get through this brutal schedule um, that everyone has talked about, I still think they have a chance to win the AFC North. The problem is um, they play Seattle, um, and then I believe they go to New England, and then uh, uh, to Denver. Um, so they got a pretty brutal stretch. There may be one other... Uh, game thrown in there. That's also tough, but I can't remember. Anyway, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Seattle on the road. I, it's a tough game for me to pick,
1: but I'm gonna go Seahawks. The Browns have a bye next week, and they're at New England, at Denver. Okay. And uh, yeah, the Browns have not won a home game yet this year. I'm going Seahawks. Uh, you know, this all Browns right. team had all the hype in the off season, and New Year, same Browns.
0: yeah i mean i like i said i know we're i know
1: that might be a little harsh on me they have a lot more talent than they've had in years but you got to produce on the field
0: well in that game against san francisco like i talked about earlier was could have been a lot closer um the browns were about to make it 14 to 10 and their wide receiver kind of screwed it up for them and made baker look pretty dang bad um or to, to make it 14 to 10 excuse me um but san francisco found a way to capitalize that and blew them out of the water so um who knows? Like I said, if they get through this stretch, um, the second half of their schedule is pretty easy. So who knows?
1: You know, I almost cry every time I watch San Francisco play because Why? what could have been if Elway would Kyle. have hired Kyle Shanahan yeah. over Vance Joseph? But you never know. Yeah, you, you never know. But uh, I know. I just mm, yeah, I, I yeah, only want to talk about it. I could I could go on for a while. So uh, <laughs> Saints at Jaguars.
0: Um, I don't know what to make of, of Gardner Minch. I know he's all the rage right now in the NFL, and I do think, you know, when he throws the football, doesn't he look a lot like Baker to you?
1: Yeah. The he way got, he can move in the he, pocket. He's got similar mechanics, it looks like, to me.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know why, but I just, I, I thought about that the other day. But anyway, um, in Jacksonville, the, the Saints are they're a good football team. They don't even have their, their starting uh, quarterback. No, they're Brees, surviving
1: so. without number nine. That's scary for the rest of the NFC. Uh,
0: It's unbelievable. I'm going to go Saints on the road. I don't like the Jaguars enough to pick them in this one.
1: I am too. I'm going with the Saints. And how cool was that to see Teddy Bridgewater have that great of a performance in the home crowd just screaming, Teddy? I mean, but yet they know – Drew's their guy. You know, that never happens. Of course. That never happens. No, that's, that's, never. That was really cool. Everybody, that organization just seems to be in a positive mindset, which it'd be tough after the past two years, the way they've been eliminated sure from the playoffs. Was. But everybody seems to know their role. They seem to be really hungry. And I'd say their chances, as, as long as the rest of the team stays healthy, of, of reaching Super Bowl 54 might be pretty good. So
0: Yeah. You know, the NFL is the one the one sport out of the four major American sports where I literally – want every other team to lose other than the Broncos like I I just I have no desire to ever really root for another team but I'll tell you the Saints are one of those teams that is easy to root for I mean I if there's a team I'm going to pick outside of the Broncos to uh, win it all this year I would have to put my put my emotions towards them
1: yeah yeah yep I agree good uh, AFC matchup here Texans at Chiefs
0: Chiefs, I think, do find a way to bounce back after a, a pretty bad loss. You know that most teams are due for that kind of a game. I was just surprised that it came at home. I thought they were going to blow the Colts out of the water, especially with the depleted defense that the Colts have um, in the secondary and linebacker uh, position. Justin Houston had a really nice game uh, for Indy coming back home, so that was kind of cool to see. But anyway, I like the Chiefs in this one at home over the Texans.
1: I think the Chiefs back bounce back in a close game. I, I'm hoping the Colts kind of provide a blueprint to the NFL, or at least to the Broncos, of how to beat the Chiefs. You know, uh, just mm-hmm. run, 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 and uh, put pressure on Mahomes, but that's easier said than done. Um, mm-hmm. I was surprised they laid a, laid a stinker on Sunday night, but I do think they bounced back as a row. Talk yep. about a suck fest. <laughs> the Redskins at the Dolphins. You didn't even have to say those two two teams, I
0: knew it was coming. Uh, you could not pay me to go to this football game, even though it's <laughs> in Miami. A I'd
1: go to place. watch I'd go to watch Ryan Kerrigan. That's it okay. though. That's All right. it. That is Fair the enough. only 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 reason.
0: Fair enough. And maybe uh maybe the Miami, you know. Scene oh yes, I would go check I'm out the on. Miami
1: women on the beach. Probably, so you're uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go um, ahead and say it. We but, were thinking it. So,
0: but I, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with the Miami Dolphins in this game. The, the Redskins. I mean, I didn't think, like I said, anybody could be worse than the Dolphins this year. The Redskins are the biggest dumpster fire of them all. Their their ownership is atrocious. They're the team that they're putting out on the field is god awful. I mean, the fact that Gruden actually started Colt McCoy is absolutely hysterical to me. Uh, when you have a guy like Dwayne Haskins, I don't care how inexperienced he is waiting in the wings. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go Miami. I, I think Rosen finds a way to, to get a little confidence this week. Yeah, and win.
1: I, I like the Dolphins too. I think uh, J-Man Rosen, Josh Rosen plays good and – uh <laughs> Yeah, Gruden's out. His key didn't work on Monday. You know, on Sunday when he was asked after the game if he'd heard anything about his job, he said, well, we'll find out tomorrow if my key still works. Uh, we'll get ready for Miami. His key must have <laughs> not worked. And now uh, good old uh, Bill Callahan is the replacement interim coach for the rest wow. of the year. He took over for John Gruden in Oakland and led him to the Super Bowl back in uh, 03. Um, don't think he's going to do that with Washington. Don't think he'll be the coach there next year. Um I think that's a pretty safe bet. So I I like the Dolphins. Um, Good NFC matchup here, or at least an interesting one. Eagles at Vikings.
0: Yeah, it should be a good game. Classic uh, Kirk Cousins game uh, last week against the Giants, getting a win against a bad team. Um, I like Philadelphia on the road. Minnesota is a team that I the last couple of years I've really liked because of their defense, but they're just too inconsistent offensively. So give me –
1: Jimmy I'll go with Minnesota, but I'm, I'm wary of it because I don't – Cousins' track record against 500 teams and teams above 500 is not good. But I really like Dalvin Cook. I like that they got Thielen going. Now they need to get digs going a little bit. Um, and I'm still just not – I'm not a huge Carson Wentz guy. I don't know why. I think he's <clears> got great talent, but um, – just something well, about them. I don't know. So put them
0: on the Broncos, please. You'll learn to love them. Well, yes,
1: absolutely. I would take them in a heartbeat. But
0: uh, no, I know what you're saying. But I,
1: I'm going to take the Vikings. But that's a toss-up game, really, in my opinion. So, yeah. um, a bird team will win this matchup. Falcons at Cardinals.
0: Yeah, this is another really bad football game. I, I do. What think has Murray, happened to
1: the Falcons?
0: I don't know. Man. they should be so much better than they are.
1: I think Dan Quinn's in trouble, Jeff. I mean, I think yeah. there's a possibility if they lose this game, he might be handed his pink slip after the game.
0: I agree, and I think he would be deserving. I, I and I'm going to go Cardinals.
1: I'll take the Falcons. I just think they have too much talent, but I think the Cardinals will keep it close. Kyler Murray's just a competitor and a gamer, and so is Larry Fitzgerald. But you know, Matt Riley, Ryan and Julio and that offense—they got to get going sometime. And if you can't get going against the Cardinals, good luck getting going against anybody else. So. Mm-hmm. NFC West battle here, the last remaining undefeated team in the NFC. They're 4-0 for the first time since 1990. That's the San Francisco 49ers. They traveled to L.A. to face the L.A. Rams.
0: The L.A. Rams are a weird team right now. They also have a lot of talent. Um, They're looking like they have maybe some sophomore slump going on with with McVay there. I I don't know. I'm not quite sure what to make of them. I still think they're way too talented to be 3-2 and two in a mediocre football team. I like them at home getting uh, or handing San Francisco their first loss.
1: I like the Rams as well, even though I think this San Fran team, I don't think they're a fluke. I think they're for real. But uh-huh. uh, the Rams can't afford to lose this game yet because if they lose this game, they fall to 3-3, three and three and then you have a 5-0 and oh San Francisco team, and in the Seattle's 4-1. and one. I mean, you're looking at two teams red hot in your own division. You, you just can't afford to fall too far behind if you want to make the playoffs. Nope. Uh, this game's going to suck, and I believe this is the game I get in the CBS afternoon slot. I was really hoping it would be uh, Denver and Tennessee, but it's Dallas at the Jets.
0: Oh, I mean, I'm going to go with Dallas. They look really bad at home against Green Bay, uh, but the Jets are just a lost cause. I mean, you're starting a guy. Well, actually, Sam Darnold, I believe. He's back. Today they announced, announced that today. He's, He's back. back. Yep. That uh, still gives me not that much more confidence. I'll go Dallas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm going Dallas, and you know, Adam Gase, he better prove soon that he can win, or he might be one year and gone as the yep. Jets, and he might never get a head coaching job again because he's kind of yeah. kind of starting to blow it everywhere. I I, I I like Dallas in that one pretty easily. And your Sunday night game, uh, don't know what to make of this matchup. You got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the L.A. Chargers. Yes, the Chargers are hosting a Sunday night game in that Cracker Jack box of a stadium. And you got Pittsburgh starting quarterback. i um, looking up his name right now. Uh,
0: Devlin, a.k.a. Duck. Hodges.
1: Devlin <laughs> Hodges, yeah, from Samford. Not Stanford, Samford, the Bulldogs. He was their four-string guy in camp, pretty much as a camp arm. Now he's starting um, due to Mason Rudolph's terrible concussion. And the backup of the Pittsburgh Steelers this week, I believe it is none other than Paxton Lynch. Oh, wow. What? I knew he how, was tell- how telling is that? Paxton Lynch, <laughs> a former first-round pick, can't beat out a guy who was a four-string camp arm.
0: Named Duck.
1: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's
0: not good.
1: I'll the start, worst pick. The first pick. What? The worst first-round pick in Broncos history, hands down.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, easily. And we traded up for it. That's what's Oh, God. Uh, What happened to – their quarterback from Tennessee that was in competition with Mason Rudolph. Dobbs, he
1: fall. um, who just picked him up? Somebody traded for him. Okay. Who did trade for him? Just not too long ago. I'm going to go look that up because that's going to bother me.
0: Well, while you look that up, I'll talk a little bit about this game. <laughs> I I like the Chargers at home. It's too bad that this couldn't have been flexed out. Um,
1: he was traded to the didn't. Jaguars after Nick Foles got hurt.
0: Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. Well. He probably won't begin it anytime soon unless Gardner <laughs> goes down. But still interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Chargers over the Steelers. I, the Steelers are a mess, which I love. I'm am perfectly fine with Pittsburgh stinking up the joint. I I mean I obviously as Broncos fan want them to beat LA, but uh, I think the Chargers are too good to to lose to to the Steelers. So
1: Chargers got to win this game at home. They're already yeah. uh, two and three. This is a team a lot of people. I recall the USA Today had them in the Super Bowl, if not winning the Super Bowl. Um, and a lot of people had them winning the West or at least being in playoff contention. And they're just not off the good starts. So they they got to beat the Steelers, even though that place is going to be packed with terrible towels everywhere. Because Steelers oh, fans God. travel everywhere, and they'll fill yep. that little place up. So. But I, I yep. like the Chargers as well. Uh, good Monday night game, and I wouldn't have said this before the season. The Black and Blue Division got the 2-1-1 Lions at the four and one Green Bay Packers. The Packers are a team I don't think anybody wants to mess with right now. No,
0: they look very good. Um,
1: Their defense, man. Woo.
0: I know, I know. They they look very good. Played great against Dallas on the road. Um, it's hard for me to root or excuse me to pick against Green Bay in this one. So I'm I'm going to go Green Bay. But let me tell you, the Lions have a chance. To maybe sneak in as a wild card, but when it's all said and done, they're they're playing good enough football, I think, to be a, a sixth seed in the NFC.
1: Yeah, yeah, the Lions might be the uh, surprise team uh, in in the whole NFL, really, or at least if not, yeah. definitely one of them. But uh, that
0: tie might kill them. What's that? That tie might kill them though against Arizona when they should have never tied.
1: Yeah, that's true. The Lions are on a four-game win streak in this series from 2017 till uh, till now. But um, wouldn't have guessed that. No, and I, you know, until that win at Lambeau two years ago, I think they were on quite a streak of losses in a row at Lambeau. I could be wrong about that, but uh, I think it'll be a good competitive game. But I like the Packers to pull it off at home. I it's hard to hard to bet against the Packers at Lambeau, so.
0: No doubt,
1: yeah. In your bye week for fantasy football considerations, you got the Buffalo Bills, the Chicago Bears, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Oakland Raiders are your bye weeks. All Which right. Which is great because i got a couple players on a few of those teams, so yippee. Um, <laughs> like my fancy teams could get any worse. They are just awful <laughs> this year. So – uh, but before we sign off I want to remind you all that this year at Orange Weekly we're giving away those who contribute to our Patreon the chance to win monthly prizes as well as a grand prize at the end of the season with tiers from $1 to $25 a month you'll get entries for a chance to win one of our prizes in addition for every Broncos win during the month which we just got so or the month that you donate you'll receive 5 free extra entries for the monthly prize and the grand prize so 5 extra entries this month which is awesome we really do appreciate your support, because we wouldn't be here without each and every one of you, so please check out www.patreon.com slash orangeweekly to be entered into the chance to win some fantastic Broncos prizes. And if you haven't done so already, please check us out at Orange Weekly and give us a like on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow and watch all of our shows. we got the Monday Night Broncos After Dark show every week, we got the... Uh, uh, no, um, We got the Beers, Broncos, and No BS show on Tuesday nights, which is our biggest show. It's on a Facebook Live show at 7 o'clock Mountain Time, 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern, hosted by Kev Dan and a few uh, of the other orange weekly members every week you of course got our post-game podcast every week you got the pre-game podcast from jared and matt you got the uh sunday pre-game show on get vocal and then you got blogs from a couple of the guys on orangeweekly.com so please go check us out if you haven't done so already any final thoughts jeff heading into sunday's game
0: um no it's a good opportunity to get back to uh two wins here on the season get to two and four um Tennessee is up and down, but uh, much like the Jacksonville team, I thought we should have beaten them. They feel very similar in that regard. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely not a game that that everyone is going to expect us to win. I just I hope we come out and play well offensively and force some turnovers and get to two and four heading into a big Thursday night game against Kansas City.
1: Well, we can't go twelve and four without going two and four. So, uh, <laughs> so with that said. All that's left to say for me, go Broncos. Always, man. Go Broncos.